Man, it's so, so good to see you. So good to be back together with you here. Not on video camera. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Not in uh, four worship hours and 12 worship services spread out across every different time on Thursday, Sunday, Sunday night. It's really, really good, isn't it, to be together as a church family in one place at one time to celebrate. Yeah, we can, pray. We can clap for that. To celebrate together. I just want to take a moment here today and thank you for your faithfulness to our church over these past four months. It's been extraordinary. Um, you, you know, one of the rules, probably the most important rule for preaching outside, especially when there's going to be a picnic right afterward, is be brief. I think I can. I think I can. Some of y'all have your doubts. I know that. But I think I can. Rule number two is this, let's celebrate. We're, we are here to celebrate today. And I wonder if you could help me with this as we celebrate. Would everyone right where you are, if you are able, would you please stand all together? And for just a moment, you know that I love audience participation. So if you join me for just a moment as you stand right where you are, if you can't stay standing, that's okay. But um, first thing here, I, I, I'd like to just do a quick recognition of our church and the faithfulness of our church across the years. If you've been attending Carney E. Free for two years or longer, stay standing. Everyone else sit down. Okay. How about if you've been attending Carney E. Free for five years or longer, stay standing. Man, look at this. How about for 10 years or more, stay standing? Wow. Mm. How about those of you who've been attending Carney Free for 20 years or longer, stay standing? Okay, that thinned it out quite a bit. Plenty of people under the tent here, thank you. How about those who have been here for 30 years or longer? Is anyone who's been here for 30 years or longer? Amen. Okay, let's, let's go as far as we can with this. Who's been here for 40 years or longer? Stay standing. Okay, uh, this tree over here is, oh my word, the faithful tree over here. And then over here underneath the tent, a number of families as well. Okay, in the back as well. 50 years or longer, anyone? Okay, let's, let's give it up for these families though, that have sustained our church. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You can have a seat. You know, we have families here that have sustained our church across generations, have we not? They've sustained our church across generations of ups and downs that any church goes through, financial difficulties, moves to different facilities. We've had a number of different facilities, an amazing one though that we have right now, ups and downs with various pastors, including me. You know, ups and downs across the board, financial challenges difficulties. But you know, one of the things though that makes the EFCA really a wonderful movement of churches to, to be a part of, and one of the things that I see on a regular basis fall from this church family is this. It's a statement fall from the EFCA. It goes like this, in essentials unity, in non-essentials liberty, in all things charity. And we've seen that particularly across these past four months, even in the midst of a pandemic. I mean, who could have imagined that we would endure this? And what we've seen again and again fall from our church is you know what, no matter what, we're going to love each other. In essentials unity and non-essentials liberty and all things 
charity, and all things love. So thank you so much, Father, for the way that you've done that and got us through, particularly here in the, these last four months. Uh, last item, Father, for standing. If you've been attending Carnegie Free for two years or less, would you please stand? Two years or less, would you please stand? Wow, look at all these newcomers. Thank you so much. We welcome you. We are thankful that you are here. Thank you, Fuff, for being a part of our church family. Uh, so, so grateful, Fuff, for you. Let, let, let me tell you what I'm tired of talking about. I'm tired of talking about coronavirus. Okay, sounds like some of you are too. I'm tired of talking about politics. I'm tired of talking about masks. <laughs> Okay, that one was loud. Okay. <laughs> I'm tired of talking about racial tension. I, I, I'm, I'm tired of talking about financial insecurity and recession and all of that. I'm tired of talking about mental health. Listen, all of those things have their place and they deserve to be talked about. And we will talk about those. We need to talk about what's going on in our world. That's inevitable. We have, we will, all of that. But is anyone else tired of it? <laughs> Here's what we want to talk about for just about 15 minutes here today. We want to talk about the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God, which is the stabilizing force in our lives, the faithfulness of God to you and to me that we can count on. Perhaps you remember, though, this wonderful verse you'll see up on these screens, perhaps if you're close to it. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, Because of the Lord's great love for us, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Well, let's say that out loud together. Great is thy faithfulness. Join me, ready? Just that last part. Great is thy faithfulness, O God. Friends, this is what we can count on amidst everything that has been un so unstable across 2020. Great is the faithfulness of our God. Now, you might ask, what does that faithfulness look like? I'm glad you asked. That faithfulness looks like Psalm 146. If you, if you have a Bible, you can turn that. I don't expect you to have a Bible today, but uh, we do have these verses up on the screen, or else you can simply listen as I read Psalm 146, a beautiful psalm, 10 verses, that to me describes the faithfulness of God to us. It says this, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in government leaders, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they simply return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those who help, whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is the faithfulness of God that you read there in Psalm 146. 
It's incredible the redundancy in which the author writes five times, actually, not four, five times in 10 verses, he says, praise the Lord. Like, no matter what you're going through today, you can praise the Lord for something. It's a choice that we praise the Lord no matter what we are going through today. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Five times he says that. You find something that you say, oh, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above who is faithful. I will praise him for that today. Now, you you asked, to what? What is the reason that we would praise the Lord? And that's really what the rest of Psalm 146 is about. Just take a look at these verbs in Psalm 146 that describe the character of God, the action of God to us. It says this, he's the maker of heaven and earth. He remains faithful. He upholds the cause of the oppressed, gives food to the hungry, sets prisoners free, gives sight to the blind, lifts up those who are bowed down, loves the righteous, watches over the foreigner, sustains the fatherless and the widow, frustrates the ways of the wicked, and he reigns forever. I tell you what, if that's your portrait of God, then you're going to praise the Lord. If that's your portrait of God, then the natural result will be you are going to praise the Lord. This is all kind of the why that we would go back to God and recognize his faithfulness and it would result in praise. Friends, here's the big idea that I hope you would take with you today. You're not going to write down. I know that, but I pray that you would remember this. God is faithful to his character and God is faithful to his promises. Say that out loud with me. Let's say it all together. God is faithful to his character and God is faithful to his his promises. He's faithful to his character and he's faithful to his promises. Many people ask me, why doesn't God provide this for me? Here's what God is not faithful to provide. God is not faithful to provide economic security to us. No amens. God is not faithful to provide the easy button to us. God is not faithful to free us from illness. God is not faithful to say that there will be no difficulties in relationships. We will go through all of that because God has not promised that. What he has promised is to be faithful to his character and faithful to his promises, which include hope no matter what we are going through, eternal salvation, forgiveness, the opportunity for reconciliation to God, reconciliation to one another, and the gift of the Holy Spirit's presence to us no matter what we are going through. Is that enough for you? Is that enough for you? Now, I, I for one, sometimes I'd like some other things. And that's okay to ask for, for those other things. But I wonder... Are you okay with the faithfulness of God in terms of what he has revealed? And do you ever consider that though he has not promised everything to us, it's a whole lot better living with those promises than living without those promises? Can I get an amen? It's a whole lot better living with those promises than without those promises. Friends, if you were to define the faithfulness of God in one word, it would be the word hesed. Hesed is this beautiful Hebrew word, hesed, that speaks about the character of God. And it says this, it's really the combination of two words together. Hesed means commitment and love. These two, in a combo word, mashed together, is the faithfulness of God to you. It's committed love. And God's hesed love is not based on who you are and what you do. It's based on his character. 
which means that no matter how you respond, God still chooses to, you, to move unilaterally to us because of who he is, because of his commitment to his character, which is always faithful and never changes. We can trust that he will move toward us in love. That's hesed. That's the faithfulness of God. And it resounds in a song that you see in the Old Testament again and again and again throughout the Hebrew Scriptures. You see it for the very first time back in Exodus after Israel's been relieved of the pain of slavery in Egypt. And then they say, they sing to God, oh, the steadfast love of the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Maintaining his love to a thousand generations. This is the faithfulness of God. And this is what is described here in Psalm 146. Verses 8 and 9 said, The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. Do you know that we're all born blind? You were born blind. I was born blind. We're born again the second time with spiritual eyes. We're born the first time blind, and God comes and he gives sight to the blind who would receive his hesed love as he comes to us. We're reborn with spiritual eyes. And he doesn't stop there. His committed love is such that he approaches us when we are bowed down, that passage says. Anyone else been bowed down over these past several months? Like it just has had a way of weighing us down. And their translation puts it this way. The Lord draws near to those who are weighed down. The Lord draws near to those who have a droopy head. Anyone got droopy head syndrome these days? I mean, there's times you go to the grocery store and you feel this droopy head syndrome coming over you. And I do too. And I sometimes have this droopy head syndrome because sometimes... Can I be intimate with you in this nice company of close friends? Sometimes I lack confidence. And sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough. And sometimes I feel like a failure. And maybe you do as well. And then this droopy head syndrome comes on, and the only antidote that I have ever experienced to that is going into my prayer chair or dialing up one of our great prayer partners here at this church. There's a number of prayer partners that regularly pray over me. And after they pray over me, or after I've spent time in my prayer chair with my Bible in one hand and my journal in the other, just sharing my thoughts with God, inevitably he lifts my droopy head. This is the character of God as we come to him. It's one of his promises that he draws near to those who are bowed down. I would even say that God's strength is particularly attracted to our weakness when we are bowed down and when we acknowledge that we're bowed down and when we acknowledge that we're needy. It's kind of like the maternal love that you see in a mom with her kids. Mom might have three kids and she wants to give the same amount of time to all three of those kids, but inevitably when mom sees that one of the kids is hurting, is in emotional pain, is in physical pain, her heart goes out to that one and she has to give. Like this is urge, this instinct. I have to give more to this child because I recognize my other kids here can take care of themselves to some degree. And so she just instinctively knows that I need to reach out to the one who's just kind of barely hanging on by a thread. This is the hesed 
of a mother. This is the hesed of our God. He draws near to us when we are bowed down and he is strong for us when we are weak. He is loving to us when we feel loveless. He's compassionate and yet he remains, st- he remains stable and in charge. You say, where do you get that, Adrian? Look at verse six and seven. It says, he's the maker of heaven and earth and everything in them. He's compassionate, yet at the same time, he's the maker. He's the sustainer. He's powerful. He's holy. He makes it all. He holds it all together. He remains faithful forever. In his strength, he upholds the cause of the oppressed. Wherever you are today, you gotta know this about God. You gotta go back to him regularly. He is tough for you, and he is tender for you. At the same time, this is the beautiful character of our God. And I, for one, in a world of constant change, constant change, and it's not going anywhere. I am so grateful to be able to situate my foot on a rock who is unchanging. I'm so grateful that the promises of God do not waver, that there is no duplicity to the character of God, that there's a generosity to the spirit of Jesus that we draw near to him and he promises to draw near to us. And he doesn't promise to change our circumstances, but yes, indeed, he does promise to change us through our circumstances. And so we draw near to him, and he promises he will draw near to us, and he is strong to uphold us when our heads are bowed down. He is the maker of heaven and earth. One of the things that I love most here at this church is to see the many different ways that the love of God is manifest for people through the variety of different ministries and in life groups and all different kinds of ministries. I get to see it on a regular basis. And I'm so thankful for all of our ministries here, but I'm, I must admit there's, there's one particular ministry that regularly inspires me about the character of God is manifested through you all, and it's called Men in Action. Men in Action is a team of about 70 men who gather together on the second Saturday of every month, and they've been meeting together since May of 2016, I believe 49 consecutive months without missing a month. Without missing a month. On the second Saturday of every month, these 70 guys or so will gather together in teams of three to four to go to one of 27 different care receivers in our church, most of whom are widows or single parents or others who might be in distress for any number of different reasons and serve the same widow, the same single mom on a monthly basis amongst a team of three to four people. And I regularly get to hear these stories. One woman shared with me this story last week. I asked her permission, of course, if I could share the story. And she said this, God has used the men in action team to bring the hands and feet of Christ to some of the promises of God in my life. Joel 2, back in the Old Testament, talks about how God will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Mm, A powerful language. God will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Maybe one day God will restore 2020 to us. For whatever reason, the Holy Spirit brings this passage to mind when I think of the way that these men have served my, these men have served my kids and I. One little thing after another would go wrong with my house or my yard, and as I scrambled to keep things going as a solo parent, it could have felt like things were falling down all around me. Sometimes it did. I also prayed and prayed for God to provide examples of men who love God and love their families for my kids to see what is possible with God. 
MIA delivered hope from God when they would repair something for us that broke down in my house or car. They'd help when my yard started to become unmanageable. The practical help restored order to our living environment, but even more than that, it was the heart. It was the heart in which they served that brought healing to counteract the faith hit that divorce oftentimes causes in our lives. During some of the most devastating and dark relational years for my children and I, they served as salt and light. And she concluded with this, evil is real, but more powerful than evil is love and goodness. Wow. I don't know about you, but every time I read that story, every time I think about these kinds of stories I hear regularly fall from men in action, it makes the hair in the back of my neck stand up. Why does it inspire so much? Because it's Hesed love. It's the faithfulness of God manifested through ordinary people. And we all recognize that three hours once a month, it's a small sacrifice, but it's not a huge sacrifice. The thing that makes it great is faithfulness. Committed, consistent, directed love. What those guys are doing for widows and widowers and single parents is they're writing into their lives in lowercase letters what God writes into our lives in all caps every day. His holiness, his mercy, his kindness, his power, his love, his graciousness, his faithfulness. Because of the Lord's great love for you, you need not be consumed wherever you are today. You got to know this. His compassions never fail. May his faithfulness be great to you and to yours, to our church family. In this difficult season, we stay together because we are standing on this rock. Great is the faithfulness of God to us. So Father, we give ourselves to you. We just keep giving ourselves to you as a church family. We recognize that we are in unprecedented times, but we got an unprecedented God. We got a God who is so stronger than all that we endure, all that we've faced, and we're gonna stick together in this place. As this church family, we're gonna stick together because we unite around this, the loving commitment, the hesed love, the faithfulness of God that binds us together. We are stronger together as a church family than we could ever be apart. We don't always agree on everything, and that's all right. We agree on this. Our God is strong. Our God is able. Our God is loving. Our God is faithful to keep us together. And we ask God that you keep doing that for every family here, every individual here, all of our ministries, all of our church. We will be careful, God, to give you all the glory, all glory to you, our God and Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord. God's people say, amen, amen.